Hi everyone, um, you're very welcome back to the second episode of uh, the Gosh Pass podcast. Um, today we talk about um, asexuality and we also have an interview with our receptionist Sarah and our youth worker Adele, so I hope you enjoy. with myself Owen, me Jessica and me Patrick. Um, today we are going to be having a little chat about asexuality and aromanticism um, which is a very interesting topic that we're excited to get into. Very. Yes I think it's the first kind of topic we're kind of touching on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes it's the first thing we're properly getting our teeth into and um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, throughout the week I've been doing a little bit of research about it and I'm learning lots and I'm excited to see where we all go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the same. I think that, you know, I think you know what is briefly, but then you go into, there's a, a lot in it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very true. Um, will we go straight off the bat and I suppose give uh, a definition? Yeah. Um, or what it is for me at least, or from looking it up. So asexuality is the is when someone has no or very little um, sexual attraction to others. Um, and then there's aromanticism, which is when someone has no or very little romantic attraction to others. Yep. Um, and I suppose just to differentiate between those slightly that it's your sexual um, interests and your romantic interests. Um, just that they are slightly different things. Yes, two different things. Um, yeah, and everyone has both of these or experienced it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was reading up on it, it there was a bit where I could hold the kind of definition of it, and I find then when we get into individual people, it changes and moves. So I do think there's mm. these definitely around the romantic and sexual, mm. the absence or presence of, and I think yeah. that's a really easy for people to ignore or forget about the importance of that because mm-hmm, it's very fluid yeah yeah it's not constant you know um, very and i think you know with a lot of the topics and a lot of the things we deal with here um it can be very individual and affects people in different ways yeah uh, and i do believe that but i think it seems to be specifically true for asexuality or ace communities ace is kind of the ace the umbrella term I believe for um, folks that would fall under asexuality, um, maybe grey sexual, demisexual. Yeah, a few it's the first time I learned about grey sexuals. Do you want um, to tell us what that yes. is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> some people may feel their experience of attraction is more than middle than black and white, asexual slash asexual, or aromantic slash romantic. These people mm-hmm. might call themselves grey sexual or grey romantic in order to give a word that are varying degrees of experience attraction, so romantic or... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the grey is actually the black and the white. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that may, I like stuff like that because I find the words are quite. Sometimes I struggle to get my head around them, and the I find stuff like yeah. that. In, like the other way, there's all the other kind of ways that people identify and express themselves. If I understand where the word comes from, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me in some way. Completely. Is I into like for really the point. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think sometimes these things can be overly complicated. Yeah. yeah, and but just sitting down and reading it and educating yourself on mm-hmm. it, it's like okay, 
mm. can see someone else, someone else's point of view right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And stories for me help a lot. Yes. yes. People's stories. Um, the other one that came up was demisexual. Mm-hmm. Again, following under the ace uh, identities, um, where it's when someone needs a strong emotional bond to someone before yeah. potentially feeling yes. uh, a sexual or mm-hmm. romantic attraction to them. And then, because I am curious a little bit, and I realise I'm putting a little bit on the spot here, That's okay. the, the subtleties and the difference, because yeah. I think then when we're thinking about demisexual and asexual, I think there's a lot of... I'm curious about it, actually. Mm. And I, I'm aware, I have my own awareness of it, but there is bits where I wonder about the, the finer points because I do know I remember when I seen demisexual the first time I was like oh the one's demisexual yes that's yes. my first thing and I was like mm, that feels judgmental yes <laughs> yeah because that's my first thought I was like mm, but no because you don't have to have a strong connection want to engage in sexual activity with someone yeah you yeah. know and there's that point as well you might like not want to be in a relationship with someone but want to engage in sex have sex yeah. with them yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh, yeah where this is it's actually like have to yeah. have mm-hmm. a strong emotional mm-hmm. you know like need to yeah for for to just with you and this is for to potentially be sexually attractive yes. to someone it's yeah. not even like a guaranteed thing which is probably a misunderstanding that they some ace folks might deal with yeah yeah and i do often wonder if there's a lot of misunderstanding from the point of view of being ace oh absolutely people will assign their understanding of it because i know mm-hmm. even when i was looking into it and knowing it from the work but also reading up on it there's a bit of oh christ I might get this wrong mm-hmm. and I'm actually yeah. pretty sure that I will yeah because we had this conversation up in the office didn't we mm-hmm. um, about how there's an awful lot of pressure put on people that you're this and that if you don't want to engage in sexual activity yeah. or yeah. you know you're this type of person or that type of person without seeing someone else's point of view oh completely yeah yeah, because we spoke about, you know, people being frigid and especially, well, actually all the time, but especially for younger people, I feel there's so much, so much pressures, just mm. like you said. Yeah. And yeah, people can very quickly decide who you are and tell you who you are. Yes. Based yeah. on just that alone. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And place it really rigidly on someone and really restrictively, I think. Mm-hmm. There is a, I, so I would say there is a time when people can be asexual and they may yeah, and there is a very real community who are ace. Yeah, like because I do think sometimes there's this thing of this is a very rigid way of being, and mm. I don't think that is the case because I think it is a way to express ourselves and to describe, yeah. and that's really important. It definitely, and like in your own time yeah. and whatever way it kind of works for you, um, because it's like asking an ace person like, oh, are you? Is this the a phase thing for you now? Or yeah. but and it like. They might not know. They probably don't. No. And just, yeah, don't even ask that question, to be no. honest. Yeah. Yeah. The boundary there used. Don't go across to someone, you know? No. Yeah. I think I was reading, so I came across, I love memes. I love my <laughs> life looking at memes. And there was one the other day where it was this, it's kind of like that. It's like, it's a phase or it's a choice. And it's like, well, if it's a choice, off you go, choose. Yeah. It's like, go on, make that choice and see if it is. And it, yeah. I think sometimes people go to the place of phase or choice mm. in order to kind of mask their confusion in it yeah. and it's like well it's okay to be confused you can ask yeah and it's about being comfortable if, if you're comfortable explaining and, and asking another person having an open conversation yeah you know half of the ignorance comes from not talking yeah 
you yeah, know? Yeah, completely, because um, I suppose some of the info that I found for this, uh, I got it on uh, aceweek.org, and that kind of led me to aces and arrows, uh, arrows meaning like aromantic, it's that kind of umbrella thing, uh, .org, but they were talking about how invalidation and lack of awareness yeah. are like the two biggest issues, which makes complete sense for me. Yeah. Like even working here, uh, of course I have an awareness and it makes sense to me, but like you said, I still have this kind of fear of maybe getting it a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's okay too as well. Like, yeah. you know, just to ask questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. How are we meant to know unless we don't, you know, speak to people who know how it feels. Yeah. You know? And I think there is this piece where we're doing the podcast and it would be nice at some point to have people on. Yeah. Who are and because I'm also I'm always really conscious that as an organisation we will speak about the experience of our clients and sometimes it's nice to hear our clients speak of their experience too. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before we kind of get into it anymore, I was wondering just a little bit more about definitions. Yeah. Because that might be the reason why some people clicked into this yeah. and listened to us today. Um, so we spoke about demisexual, mm-hmm. yep. um, and I suppose maybe I'll take it back a bit and talk about orientation. Yeah. Uh, do either of you want to talk about romantic and or sexual orientation and what that means? Oh. It's heavily loaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, even just acknowledging that they're different. Yeah, actually. <clears throat> mm. Because I think there is this bit of, and I don't think we're in it as much now with it than we were in the past, where I think okay. we have a much broader understanding of attraction or orientation, mm. whereas I think, because I know like the name gosh is gender orientation, right? and I know some people would see it as sexual orientation, when we don't have that actually, and yeah. maybe we didn't get it because it didn't fit in the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I do remember a distinction and having orientation as for inclusion of both. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I do think there's a difference between a romantic and sexual. And it's emotional attraction as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, as well as physical attraction. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And the absence of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. That's that's probably been the biggest learning piece for me this week. Um, because often, uh, not always of course, but often the two tend to align. Yeah. for a lot of folks your romantic and sexual attraction but absolutely does not have to yeah um, and you don't need to have both or you don't need to have either yeah um they i did see a, a fun kind of infographic if you want to call it that and it was talking about things that everyone uh things that are in relationships yeah and it was like a scale and sure for some of them the sexual attraction is 100% really ne- really needs to be there yeah. And then for other people, it's about the commitment. For other people, about it, it's about the emotional support, kind of like you were saying, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many different types of relationships. Yeah. And that's an important thing to remember as well. Like, you know, if you're friends or anything like that, just try to take a step back and it's like, okay, maybe I don't want that in a relationship. Yeah. But maybe that person does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe that you might be want such an emotional side and maybe it's more of a sexual side of it. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine. You know? Yeah. And... I do, I do wonder, sorry I thought you were about to say something there, <laughs> I just heard myself talk. Um, 
I do wonder about how we define the differences, and I, mm. I think sometimes we're in gosh, we're under a bit of a microscope with this, because I think we mm. have the space to really get into our gender, get into our orientation, into our sexual health and our HIV yeah. status, and experience around these, and I, I do often wonder, do other people get it in the same way? Because I find that I would be talking about sexual orientation and romantic orientation or attraction or not. Yeah. And I get it. I feel like I understand mm. it because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Because mm. I was, as you were asking the question, I was thinking, oh God, do I know what that means? Do I know what my sexual orientation is or my sexual attraction? Mm. And do I know what my romantic attraction and my romantic orientation is and what my needs might be mm. around them? Because I would imagine my... I think I know my sexual needs and my orient- my romantic needs are quite different and yet they might overlap sometimes sure yeah I think before I start this job I piled everything into one yeah which is really handy yeah yeah <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you know? when it works but yeah of course yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just pile it all into one and you just try to tick one box and not tick the others yeah yeah. you know and don't think about okay what's your needs in this mm-hmm. yeah and what do I want completely you know? yeah and I think it's so interesting the way, yeah, like you're saying, we probably have quite an awareness of it ourselves. Yeah. And for working with people to be able to understand for their sakes as well, of course, and hear them. But at the same time, do you need to know? You know, it's like, <laughs> that's just a thought that pops in my head. Of yeah. course, it's really helpful to be informed um, and understand these things, especially if it's to support a friend or whatever. But maybe that relationship you have is that relationship with the person's name, you know, Paul, whatever. Uh, that's just the relationship. It doesn't need to be a... You don't need to question it too much if it makes sense for you and if it makes sense for Paul. Yeah. Because I do think what ends up happening a lot for people is they end up having to find ways to qualify yeah. or frame how they feel about something or how they feel about themselves for others. Because mm-hmm. I often think of it when I think... I know we've often had discussions around the name gosh and how we would talk about our own gender and our own orientation, our own sexual health and mm. HIV. And I think given that I know the three of us work in the areas of gender and orientation, if we were to describe our gender and orientation, there's days I haven't got a clue. Yeah. And they change regularly mm-hmm. around yeah. how I feel or there is kind of an anchor in it. It's anchored in a place, but it might move a little. Yeah that makes sense it does um i think often there's the pressure just to be rigid in it and if you're in a relationship it must stay that way yeah there's no that there can be room for freement within a relationship yeah true within the relationship too yeah Mm -hmm. that's why maybe it's the relationship between uh, such and such and paul or whatever like that that's like that's that relationship you're not going to have that any other time that's that relationship with that person Mm -hmm. Uh, if you really want to have a label for it to help you understand and for you and yeah. Paul to understand, of course. But if you're both just content with it being like that, let people be confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not their business, really. And I think there is this thing where people will... They'll kind of sit in the place of I'm not confused until you start asking yeah. <laughs> teasing it out every yeah. yeah. are you sure <laughs> <laughs> which is the same as a phase actually now that I've said that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a big part I know I kind of went 
on an off point with that about this relationship with Paul. I don't even know Paul, but um, the main In the pe- future. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that podcast? <laughs> um, uh, a message that I think is important throughout most of the conversations today about like remembering to respect your own feelings and needs yeah and the needs of your your partners yeah yeah um the feelings and needs i liked the way feelings and needs are included in that yeah um and i know there's a bit of me that's like i'm kind of sitting with the are people who are asexual in relationships is it something that involves another and i do i do wonder actually about that Mm. if you are asexual doesn't mean because sorry maybe I'll be clear on what I'm saying there's something about the again actually it's the richness of it that I think we're in a world that is geared towards a relationship 100% yeah and I find I get quite I realise I'm quite what's the word cynical not cynical that'll come to me yeah Um, because I notice even when we're talking about it and I do it the whole time where I'm talking I have to catch myself and go hold on a minute I'm making an assumption here Mm -hmm. that this is this situation whereas people can choose not to be in a relationship yeah and that is an expression of asexuality and Mm -hmm. being in a relationship is also an expression of asexuality and sexuality or orientation in it oh absolutely but of all assumptions um, of all assumptions to make the assumption that everyone wants uh, a relationship that's the most ingrained I think yeah Mm -hmm. Um, I'm aware that I'm quite yeah. talking about, but my mind's going overdrive because there's so much things going in my head yeah. right now they want to get out but I can't articulate them yeah. you know I find it really interesting to talk about yeah because I think I think you start thinking about you start reflecting yourself as well yeah. and yeah. you know the people that you work with mm-hmm. and it's almost like joining up the dots yeah you know yeah because that, that bit about relationships like what is a relationship oh uh, yeah that bit definitely affects everyone whether we like it or not yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, everyone has kind of been forced to decide how they feel about it what sort of relationship and it's a constant yeah yeah and it's a i'm gonna blame capitalism capitalism <laughs> most certainly yeah yeah uh, the word doesn't prove it's a hypocrite oh. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm aware i'm in one and i'm like i'm giving out about how the world is <laughs> um i came across the phrase and this one i love it, it's going to be my new phrase like capitalism um Relationship anarchy. Oh, yeah. What's that now? So, it's basically uh, you know the belief or to try break down relationships that like it's against heteronormativity, it's against patriarchy, it's against. There is actually a phrase for the assumption that people uh, get into relationships. It's like anima something e. Oh. Yeah. I. Yeah. Even if I had it written down, I don't know how to pronounce it, so it's no (laughs) use to me. Um. But yeah, it, and just because you're ace or yeah. arrow, uh, it doesn't mean that you subscribe to this, but yeah. it does tend to overlap where you're just a relationship anarch- anarchist, I guess. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. And it's not necessarily against our relationships, but it's against kind of like the assumption and how you have to be in one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know it's like I have this kind of feeling of pushing against the tide of it and being annoyed that mm. the, even the thing of following your desire of not being in a relationship is seen as pushing against this kind of heteronormativity or yeah. that new word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know 
tangent because I find there's a lot of times where anarchy actually I really like that word I yeah. think it's a really cool word for it and I, I know I often in the work often find myself going what would happen if you just messed with shit like yeah. really yeah. Yeah. fucked with the concepts around it mm-hmm. and that's word doesn't explicitly belong this good cancer oh okay <laughs> oh. I didn't even notice this that works <laughs> Sometimes it's kind of put in the side that a relationship is linear. That this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you get into a relationship, but all this happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it can happen. It's it can be all mixed up. It can be all whatever you want to. You can mm-hmm. meet someone tomorrow and get into a relationship with them. Yeah. Do you well, know? I think the reality is, it is all mixed up. Yeah. Like it's rarely linear. Yeah. yeah. Movement, mm-hmm. especially in modern. Especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back when I was young (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think this relationship anarchy thing to kind of go back to but it's about a hierarchy of relationships as well oh yes so what if you're just a really really close uh, platonic friendship yeah which does occur with aromantic folks yeah or can occur um and they've support um I don't actually have an example of a story, but I've just made it up my mind and I've decided it could happen. You know, where they might adopt a child together. Hmm? Paul. <laughs> Paul. Hello, Paul. Yeah. Paul and Pete might be aromantic. They might be uh, demisexual. Uh, and the other person maybe is um, somewhere else on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, they might, you know, get married for tax reasons. They might uh, get married because they want to raise a child together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just different, but that's okay. Yeah. I like that word hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. there's, defi- there's definitely people that would judge the hell out of the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, think they're better. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's this bit where I think if people see... Sorry, I wonder, because I don't know this for sure, but yeah. when I think of the asexuality thing... Sounds awful. <laughs> when I think of people who are asexual, yeah. I think sometimes people see it as a lacking of something. Yeah. And it, it's like, because even the definition, I know a few of the definitions are a person who doesn't feel or mm-hmm. doesn't experience. And it's like, well, they do experience something. Yeah. They just don't. I, I find a lot of the language around defining sexuality and orientation mm. and gender is around the lack or the absence or the not. Yes. Instead of looking at how they actually experience this. Yeah. So it's like, if we were to look at it, well, how does an asexual person know they're asexual in a positive way, as opposed to talking about yeah. them, I am this because I don't. Mm. I think that's why I'm really glad um, that we're having this conversation today. And also, um, not to embarrass you, but thank you for the suggestion, Jessica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's a really good topic and just listening to this um, some of the stories that I have actually read because like I said the stories really I can get things then a bit better yeah um, like Paul or whoever but um, Pete, Pete. <laughs> uh, the relief that some people have um, when they learn what asexuality is yeah. it's like oh I actually am valid I actually am okay They've ne- they might, might, have, might not have had any or probably didn't have any internal issues with not uh, being sexually attracted to others. Yeah. It's all us or whatever, everyone else just deciding that it's not okay. Yeah. Um, or other people being <coughs> uncomfortable with this 
experience and instead of sitting with that yeah. feeling shutting it down mm. so instead of going actually I'm unfamiliar with this instead of even thinking that they just go with the, no, I don't like this mm. Yeah. which I think is really problematic but it's also the culture we live in at it's the kind of the default unfortunately yeah. for anything different um, we, all, we all experience everything so differently yeah. No, like this is a, another one. We all go on holidays. Yeah. We all go on TripAdvisor, and we all have a look of what's the best things to do. Someone could say it's awful. Someone could say it's yeah. great. It's all about our lived experiences. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And how we feel about something is totally different to someone else. I know. Can't, my point's gone out my head. But I had a point I was going to make. But yeah, that's what I mean. You know. Yeah, it's all so different. Mm-hmm. That's so true because, well, especially because everything's so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go onto your TripAdvisor and it's like. 3.5 stars like oof no an instant no yeah 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 from first glance but if you look into it and they're like oh the room was really yeah. small there was loud music outside there was like such like the whole place was crowded the whole time like some people might love that yeah, yeah. totally yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I yeah. don't feel the same way as you Karen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just Karen live in the same cinematic universe as Paul and Pete yeah they, they don't get on well <laughs> The anarchists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good point. Yeah. So it is about that space for diversity and experience mm. and difference. Yeah. But because I do think we live in a world where, and I've seen it progressively, I don't know why I keep talking as if I'm ancient, <laughs> but it, I've seen it progressively where we seem to be kind of harboring ourselves into little pockets of culture. Yeah. And it's like, a person is like well in order for me to fit in in this way I have to agree with this so it's mm-hmm. like that on things like TripAdvisor it's like oh well the cool people go here or the not cool people go here so I go here and it's like well yeah. your experience is going to be different in that and I think it kind of links back to it in some ways it's well actually the risk of standing up and taking ownership of who you are has suddenly become risky again yeah. which feels a bit weird to me because it almost goes against the grain of what's happening in the world where I feel like there's a lot more people standing up and being counted. Yes. And yet we're assigning ourselves to these collectives to count ourselves too. You, you, yeah, you're standing up and you're being counted. I like the way that's phrased, but it has to be in this particular way. Yeah, yeah maybe. Mm-hmm. a palatable way. A way yes. that's like satisfactory and still fits. And consumable. And pleasing yeah. to everyone. As, yeah. yeah. It, it might have to be hurting yourself and all that. Yeah. 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 And I think we definitely understand that with the work. Mm-hmm. The way some people yeah just feel the need to go along with some things or express themselves in a particular way where it's like it's still better than not being out in whatever way that is but why can't it be fully why do why do you have to be radical yeah just be yourself yeah that's it it's like the radicalization of the self yeah judging my clothes mm. but I'm like I have to get that out of my head because I'm working with people and I'm like yeah. I'm encouraging people to express their gender expression yeah. so why should yeah. I let myself because because I'm in the workplace yeah. not let myself express myself yeah you yeah. Know? I don't know if this is helpful but I'm going to say it and then maybe we can retract but um, people are going to judge you mm. people do people yes, do very natural yeah that's mm-hmm. why people do judge you which I know might be stressful for some people to hear, but I don't know about 
both of you, but sometimes I think that there's peace in that, where it's okay. it's somewhat inevitable. And what do you mean by there's peace in it? Well, it's not really my business. It's not my fault. It's not yeah, my, yeah, yeah. It's it, it might just happen anyway. You might as well wear the nicest clothes that you want or whatever makes yeah. you feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder because I suppose I'm thinking. I remember when I was younger. Sorry, <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> back when we had black. I always remember so I remember being a teenager and I loved clothes and it, like mm-hmm. one of the first items of clothing I bought for myself was a pair of orange track orange check like trousers cool. and a purple silk shirt and I was like seriously <laughs> but I can remember going because I'm from a small village and I remember buying a pair of trousers and I loved them they yeah. were like proper it was like the late 90s early 2000s and they were like cargo pants but they were really wide fit and they had ribbons coming off them and I adored oh, cool. them because everywhere I walked it moved with yeah. them and I can remember feeling really good in them and then having people really single me out and mm-hmm. attack for it and then three weeks later finding those people in those trousers and I was like oi yeah it's a trendsetter part trendsetter obviously <laughs> but it it's this feeling of there is a cost to standing up and expressing yourself and yeah. being judged and it's annoying sometimes that you have to your expression of self ends up becoming a topic of conversation. Yeah. But it's like, I know when I wear clothes, I don't wear them for anyone else. Mm-hmm. I wear them because I like them. Yeah. They feel mm-hmm. nice on my it's skin. It's a feeling you have as well. It's yeah. like, I feel yeah. good. I, like, even makeup, when I make up, say, oh, I feel good today because I put yeah. some makeup on. You know? Yeah. Completely. And sometimes you might put it on because you're like, oh, I do want to push the boat today. I want yeah. to do this. Yeah. And yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. But other days, you really just do want to feel nice in your orange pants and totally. leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if we're talking about what's normal and stuff because that's part of this right yeah. Be it your clothes your holidays your sexual and romantic expeditions um, the non-normal stuff yeah. and you were talking about that a little bit uh, also from the website aceweek.org <laughs> I read a little piece about uh, A to Z or A to Z perhaps where it's talking about this idea where there's like ace folks and then there's non-ace folks. So, you know, yeah. the normal people, the ones yeah. that do have sex and enjoy it or whatever, which is a bit problematic. So I think they say Z-sexual or Z-sexual for the oh, other end of the spectrum. Mm. And in the middle, you'd have this, or somewhere in the middle, you'd have a grey sexual okay. like we spoke about beforehand. people. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I like that, actually. I really like it. Was it, it was similar with the transgender and cisgender that we had a word for something other Completely. than Completely. But we didn't have a word for something that was seen as typical. Exactly. Yeah. I do often think, and I find I go back to it a lot, the, the bit about equity versus equality. And yeah. it's like equality is giving those who have, who are treated as lesser than extra to catch them up with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And equity is wiping the slate clean and starting everyone yeah it's the equal opportunity from the start yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. as opposed to uh, overcompensating or undercompensating which um, they really do sound similar a lot of the time and I used to I still get confused about it still a little bit but uh, examples in life about them it is actually can be drastically different yeah Um, and equity is the way to go yeah yeah so there is a picture I'm aware we started off in asexuality and I feel like we've 
Travel, travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've toured a travel. Yes. Whatever. The word uh, Tripadvisor. Tripadvisor. I'm Google Reviews, but I pretended that I used Tripadvisor for the sake of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we've travelled a lot. Yeah. Which I think is all relevant. I think you really finished about speaking a small bit about how to support someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think education is key in all this. You know. Um. And asking questions and being okay to ask questions, being, yeah. being comfortable to ask questions. And um, I was bringing up something on LGBT Ireland, you know, that the internet can be a big, massive, scary place. But for a lot of people and for a lot of the clients I've spoken to, it's where they've found themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's where they've found terminology that they fit, if it's yeah. or doesn't fit. And it's where they can feel safe. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's a, a massive community online and mm-hmm. an abundance of support and there's comfort in that. You know, that people can feel safe just, you know, it makes it really upset to think that, you know, people feel like they're not accepted or they're weird um, mm-hmm. just because they can't name maybe how they feel. Yeah. And then coming into a space like this, it feels like a blanket's been lifted because it's like someone's being revealed. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I fit here, you know, yeah. I belong and I am a person, you know, and I really like that, that, you know. Just have conversations with people, you know? Yeah. Find spaces that you feel safe, um, and just talk to people. Yeah. You know? I don't know about you, but I find sometimes when I'm working with clients, and I, I'm thinking of, we were talking about the radical earlier, mm. that it's almost radical to be accepting. Where I find that clients be talking away, and I'm going, yeah, this all sounds absolutely rational to me. Yeah. Yeah. Completely normal mm-hmm. and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's like it's the first time they've heard that. And I, Similar, I have that similar feeling of upset of like Jesus Christ like who you are is absolutely okay yeah. and we're not going to be shaming but we try not to yeah. <laughs> but it is that bit it's like the the act of actually being authentically yourself is now radicalised in some mm. ways yeah um, and I suppose if we talk from the point of view of someone that might be asexual uh, for example um I suppose I would like to be in a world where their friends and their family are accepting and understanding. At the very least, uh, there's a guarantee that you can get that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe some people aren't accepting. Like we said, sometimes when someone comes in here, it's the first time that they actually are told that it's okay. Um, so maybe even just to hear that, that it is okay. And maybe if there's someone in your life that's actively disagreeing with you, that that's not okay. They're mm. not okay. That's yeah. not a supportive friend. Absolutely. That's not on you. That is not yeah. on you at all. It's the other person. It's the other person to deconstruct what they've learned. Yeah. Yeah. And relearn. Yeah. You know, to come to a level of understanding. We don't have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Just be respect- respectful. The yeah. respect thing. Yeah. And sometimes I know it's nice to have friends and everything, and but sometimes um, you do have to call it. Yeah. Sometimes if the person's if it's the respect thing is mm-hmm. missing, like you said, Jessica unfortunately for yourself maybe you might need to make that decision yeah. you'll know best but yeah it's, there's something because i was only reading about this the other day and i don't know it's something developmentally with people i realize i talk like that so it's over there yeah um i think often when the world rejects us mm-hmm. we tend to take it in as we are the problem instead of actually the world is the problem yeah and it's like i think i know we were talking in my training we talk a lot about the environment how 
the environment is the environment is the problem. It's not the individual. We're all products of the environment we grew up in, or wherever where we come from. Yeah, you know. Mm. But it's the assumption that you are the problem. It's mm-hmm. not the environment has been rejecting you. It's you are not okay for the environment. But actually, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely the other way around. Mm-hmm. Something about the world you're in doesn't welcome you, and that is not about you. No. Mm. And of course, sometimes that seeps in, and sometimes you start believing it. Yeah. You know that it is you that's the problem. Um, and I think asexuality is a, a really, really interesting conversation for that point because sexuality and sex really is everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it can be particularly hard. And it doesn't have to be always the, because I think often when people say sexuality and sex, it's the doing of yeah it, it is also the not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I think this conversation isn't done no it's and not any definitely anymore. for <laughs> another podcast it'd be lovely to get someone on yeah and just have another conversation about it yeah um, my mind was going like a hamster in a wheel constantly during that because yeah. I was so, like was trying to process everything yeah <laughs> um, so yeah definitely would like to re- revisit it yeah, yeah. mm-hmm um, but for today, I think our listeners probably have a few bits, uh, even if you have one or two thoughts from it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and also, if this was a really easy podcast where we got to get it all in, all about sexuality um, and romance, that would be weird. Yeah. Well, it's constant. Actually, yeah. yeah. And I don't think it's as straightforward as just one thing. I mm. think it is what we're talking about. Um, and maybe to say that feedback is welcome as well mm-hmm. so 100%. we've had feedback which we're really grateful for yeah. and would welcome more mm-hmm. positive only <laughs> 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 I'm joking constructive only there's one thing I want to say anyone who's yeah. listening don't put pressure on yourself Yeah. you know um, you'll figure it out or it might take you a while it might take you a short time but mm-hmm. try to stay true to yourself and surround yourself with support to people mm-hmm. and you'll get there you know, um, reach out to friends, reach out to someone that you feel really comfortable talking about, but please don't be sharing yourself. Because yeah. it's just, um, just so much more to life than you, there's so much pressure in life rather than listening to your voice constantly. Yeah. You know, um, putting pressure on yourself. So, yeah, reach yeah. out to people. Uh, but also, before we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, coming up in the next bit, few minutes, we're going to have interviews. Yes. Yes. So, I interviewed Sarah the receptionist here gosh yes and we have an interview coming up with Adele our um, youth worker that works alongside Jessica hi everyone um, so welcome back to the podcast um, today I'll be sitting down with Sarah who's a receptionist who will be letting us know her job role in gosh so hope you enjoy hi Sarah Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you keeping? I'm good, Jessica, and yourself? Good. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to sit down to talk to me today. Um, I suppose where we're sitting down is because um, at the moment we're currently kind of working our way through the staff GOSH members um, and kind of everyone's kind of filling in their roles and what they do in GOSH. Um, so, Sarah, what do you do in GOSH? So Jessica, um, I'm a part-time receptionist. I work 20 hours a week at the moment. I work up to lunchtime. So I suppose uh, part of my role is I any of the callers coming to 
you know, at the door. I greet them um, if there's people coming in for counselling sessions. So I direct them to the appropriate room. I also like deal with any inquiries if people call in. Also, I'd, you know, the phone would be busy with different kind of queries. Um, I make sure I direct it to the appropriate person. Um, if people are looking for information, what gosh does, I let them know. Uh, or they might be looking for other services. I'd also uh, process condom requests because we have an online service, as you know, where you can order condoms. Um, just making sure all the room bookings are up to date, maintaining the office diary, liaising with staff if they need any help with any projects, you know, because we, uh, we'd run a, a lot of events and if we're running fundraising um, activities. I'd also do statistical report uh, monthly and just and assist in any service users, um, if, you know, if they need help with anything and staff. So it's, you know, it's a nice varied role and you're meeting people, which is lovely. Well, you're kept, it seems like you're kept very busy anyway, um, front of house. I am. Um, I suppose you'll be the first person um, people would meet if they're coming in for an appointment. Yeah, I would be. I'd be the first person they'd meet. Um, and as I said, you know, if they're here for an appointment, I'll direct them to the, the room and let the staff know that the person is there. And, you know, I suppose it's, about providing a friendly cam uh, welcome for people. Um, so I hope I do that. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that's an important part of the role as well, because I suppose if you're coming in for appointments, regardless of what you're coming for, it's nice to have a friendly face to greet you and to say hello, Absol how are you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very important, you know. Um, you know, we, we all want people to feel at ease when they come in here. Um, and I think all staff work together to do that um so i suppose it is important my role that because they're meeting me first to to remember to be that way with people you know exactly and um how long have you been working at gosh now i'm working i started at the start of november so i'm only here over four months but you know what it, it's it's great because i feel in one sense um, I've been here longer because I feel, you know, I really enjoy working here. There's a lovely team here. There's a lovely atmosphere. Um, so I've settled. I settled in very quick, which is great. But that's really good. Um, so I suppose if someone called up, gosh, um, what kind of information could they get from you, or what could you provide for them? So you know some of the calls when people are ringing obviously they could be look, looking for staff members they could be requiring about counseling service looking for training and uh, they could be uh, looking for to book a rapid uh, hiv syphilis or hep c test so obviously depending on the query i'll be referring them to the appropriate person and um, you know that could be my manager or some of the support workers uh, you know we could be some of the youth workers if it's or if it's depending you know we cover Limerick, Clare and Tip so depending what region and who covers what so there'd be a lot of you know we do a lot of training with people so there'd be a lot of requests for training and there could be parents ringing up you know with queries about their children um, there could be somebody ringing up just looking for information in general and um, 
they might be ringing up looking for a test, but they might also be looking for the STI clinic information out the door dial. You know, it varies from day to day. No day is ever the same. You'll, you'll have different queries. I think that's probably a nice part of the job, I imagine, knowing that, you know, not every day is the same, that um, you might face different challenges or yeah. stuff like that, which is always great in a career that, you know, you're constantly progressing and, you know, constantly excelling in what you want to do. Absolutely, because this, I feel this job, you're learning every day because, as I said, no day is the same, no query is the same. So for me, it's great that I'm learning new information all the time and I'm learning how to handle different calls and different queries so I feel every day here will always be a learning day which is exactly. good, you know I think the thing is um with our team that we're constantly learning from each other as well yeah you know um we all put on everyone's expertise and skills and qualities and that's what makes the team that we can Absolutely. all support each other I found it great like from the start I could ask Killian, my manager, I can ask any of you, you know, any of the staff, um, you know, this call came in, I'll explain it to them and they'll be able to advise me and help me. So I never feel on my own because, you know, it's so important to give correct information and the right information. So you're always conscious of that. Of course, yeah. uh, so it's great to have a team to bounce off with and to learn. Exactly. Um, at the beginning of our conversation, you kind of mentioned the, um, the condom service that we provide. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, so if you log on to the GOSH website, you can order uh, condoms for free. So you can, you in a pack, you'll get out, sent out six condoms and three loops. And we send out information as well, our, our information card and uh, we sent out a little card about the free online STI testing as well. And we send out a leaflet about how to use a condom. So people can order like various, they can order mixed condoms or they can order Magnum Snug or regular or they can order flavored. So it's a great service. And you know, we'd be busy every week with the orders and it, we'd have orders from all over the country, not just in this area you know so it's a great free service that's on offer yeah because that was the question i was going to ask is it um obviously it's a service for all around the country which is really ideal that it's not just for uh, those who are living in the midwest that's available for everyone around the country which which is yeah. a great thing because contraception contraception should be free for all absolutely it's a brilliant service and you know i'm really delighted that that is part of my job um, I love doing the orders and it's great when you see them coming in, you know. And would the um, condom orders be, did they vary from very week to week or is it constantly kind of a steady flow? It's usually constantly a steady flow, but sometimes, you know, if there's a, so, something put out in the, on social media, maybe in a college, a different college, you might have a big influx of orders, um, but we'd always have a steady flow. Well, that's good. I think that's good as well that, you know, it's being signposted everywhere. Um, yeah. And it's great that there's good uptake for him, that people know that we're here as well. Absolutely. It's great. It'll help get the name out, you know, make people aware of our services, which is fantastic. Exactly. And um, what do you, what's your favourite thing or most positive thing you like 
about working for Gosh? I think, to be honest, it's such a fantastic service, um, you know, to be providing counselling, support, training, the rapid tests. It's, uh, it's just an amazing service. I wasn't totally aware, like, before I started to hear of everything that Gosh did. And as I said, I'm working in a lovely team. And that really helps, you know, and I'm learning from the team because you know, you all have different areas of expertise as you touched on. So I've learned a lot in even the four months I've been here. I did a training course as well. And I just love coming to work every day because I know there's a lovely atmosphere. And I also know it's a lovely, safe, kind space for people to come into. And I think that's so important because that mightn't be in other areas of people's lives. So this is a lovely space and there's a lot of good work being done here, you know. And, and, and you mentioned your course there. What kind of course did you do? I did a training course. Um, it was about like introducing the LBGT um, to like people working in the area. So trying to make people more comfortable having the conversation, stigma, what people face how we have our own biases, um, but it's a really good course to do. You got cut off in this area there. Would you mind repeating your point if you don't mind? Oh, yeah. So the course is uh, sort of about introducing LBGT to people working in the area, like making the conversation more comfortable, explaining kind of terms about orientation and gender, making you reflect on what your own biases are two different things it's you know you do a bit of reflection your group work individual work pairs it was very challenging day i found because it really made you think and reflect but i think that was the aim of the course and you come away being so much more aware mm -hmm. and is there any kind of courses that you've done that had kind of helped your your roles in previous receptionist roles and in this role now? I also have done a level four mental health awareness course, a disability awareness course. So I suppose I've worked in my last role, I was in a psychology department for HSE department for children up to 18. And for 10 years then I worked with uh, a training organization for people out of work through accident, illness, and disability. So I was centre secretary bookkeeper there and I did staff cover for the introductory skills training for young people. So I did a lot of training there as well. So I suppose I've had, I, I'm used to dealing with people in my roles. Um, you got cut off again to me, Sarah. So I got a part of it. So you want to start again if you don't mind? <laughs> Yeah, so where, where do I start? Uh, um, from the beginning. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I've, I, I just recently completed a level six information advice and advocacy course. So that was really good um, and really interesting and I think really relevant to the job I'm in now. I Over the years, I would have worked before this in a psychology department for the HSC for children up to 18 uh, years of age. So obviously got you know, a lot of experience there. And for 10 years, I worked for 
a training organisation for people out of work through accident, illness or disability. I was centre secretary there and I did relief training on the job as well. So I did level six mental health awareness as well and trained the trainer and disability awareness training. So, you know, I would have a lot of experience dealing with people. It sounds like you've got a wealth of experience behind you anyway, Sarah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, which I say is definitely benefic beneficial in this role. Um, is there anything you'd like to add before we finish up today? No, I think, you know, we've kind of covered um, nearly everything, really. Um, as I said, it's a lovely role that I have here. It's, uh, you meet people every day. Uh, you're busy with, I'm busy with the condom orders, doing, you know, helping out staff if they need help. Um, I do some entering things in the database, stats reports. It's a, no day is ever the same. And I think that's what's great. And I think the working environment and the work we do here just makes everything, you know, just makes it a nice place to work. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sitting down with me today and having a conversation about your role. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. Hi, um, Adele, and welcome to the Oh My Gosh podcast. Um, as you probably already know, we're kind of having a brief little chat with a few of our different um, colleagues here in Gosh, just to uh, give people a sense of what we do and I suppose the variety of work that we do. So um, yeah, basically I just have one big question for you, which is um, what would you like people to know about your work in Gosh? Who are you? <laughs> Hello, I'm Adele. <laughs> uh, well, my role is very similar to Jessica's. Okay. So we're both youth workers, so we both do one-on-one support with young people. Mm -hmm. uh, where it kind of varies is Jessica has a couple more youth groups than I do. So uh -huh. I do the one, which is gender-wise, which is once a month. Uh -huh. um, so we both do that one together. Okay. And we do a lot of workshops as well, so we'd go out to schools, youth reaches, and we do kind of gender and orientation workshops. And uh -huh. at the moment we're doing a lot of sexual health education at the moment as well. Cool. Uh, and I think that's with Grania that you're doing the sexual health. Yeah, we do some of those with Grania as well, yeah. Cool. Um, stay tuned to uh, hear our interview with Grania. But um, tell me a little bit about the, the gender-wise group, maybe. Yeah. So as I said, it meets once a month on a Saturday. Okay. okay. And it's usually just for an hour and all the young people log in on Zoom. We do, we chat. Uh -huh. Sometimes we play Kahoot some, and mostly just to chat. Yeah. We're hoping for the next one coming up in March. But we're just hoping to have a space where the young people can physically come in and just kind of get to know each other. Yeah. Because a lot of the young people that have met on it so far over the past year or two haven't actually met each other in person yet. Mm. So it's only just been on Zoom. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so that that would be that would be nice. I think I think this podcast will be out or literally around the same week. Um, cool. Um, I mean, that's honestly the the main piece that we just wanted to know about folks. But um, I know myself and yourself were actually chatting a bit earlier today um, about your 
relationship with Gosh, should we say? Like, when did you <laughs> yes. first when did you first uh, become aware of Gosh, or when did you first start? The very first time I heard of Gosh was I was in college in LIT. I was uh-huh. in social care, uh-huh. and we had to go on placement. So okay. for my second year placement, I had applied for it, and then it turns out that they only took third years. I was like, oh, okay. that's absolutely fine, completely understand. So I applied again for the third year placement, uh-huh. and thankfully I got it. Uh-huh. I was interviewed by Patrick and Gronia at the time. Okay. And I was here from the September to the December, mm-hmm. and I mostly worked with Patrick around okay. that. So we did a couple of things. Please don't ask me what, because I can't remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one client that I kind of worked with, with Patrick, and then there was kind of just things in and around that would go on that I would help with as well. Yeah, there's lots. So happening. if there was any events or anything on, we'd kind mm-hmm. of get involved, or like the window displays and stuff like that. Yeah. From then. I continued volunteering. They couldn't get rid of me. I was here every Friday. Um, I mostly did reception. Yeah. Um, but then if there was anything in and around that they needed help with, if I was available, I'd help out. Um, I know there was a couple of testings that run that I went and helped on. And, okay, yeah. Um, what else? There was, after that, then when I finished college and I was working, I continued to volunteer and I did, there used to be a group called The Outlet, okay. which was an adults group that Patrick facilitated and I co-facilitated with cool. it with did him. you like that loved it loved yeah. every minute of it yeah. and then covid yeah so all that kind of stopped and then i literally couldn't do anything at the time and mm-hmm. then i applied for the job for the youth worker in november 2000 and uh, 2020? 2020 2020 i'm here nearly two years anyway i know that part so yeah, yeah. 2020 yeah. yeah um cool cool very interesting kind of journey um, actually, your um, friend, I suppose, in this podcast is Sarah, in the sense that she's going to be in it as well, mm-hmm. um, our lovely receptionist, and um, I suppose people will have a good sense of how varied the receptionist bit, the receptionist yeah. role can be, um, yeah, and you're kind of echoing that as well, yeah. by saying all the different bits you're doing when you're volunteering yeah. as receptionist and stuff. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Um... I don't know if I have any other questions. Um, I suppose it, it's because both of us do one-to-one support, maybe with yeah. different age cohorts of people from different areas. But um, I get that bit, but I love all yeah. the different things that you do. Um, oh, the other thing that I uh, have a bit of awareness about is the uh, stand-up week. Yes. Uh, do you want to... We'll probably actually touch on stand-up week at another point, maybe. But um, do you want to tell folks about that a little bit? So stand-up week is um, where we go out to schools. Okay. And there are free workshops, which is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we facilitated it last year was we sent out an email to literally every single school in Limerick, Clare, North Tip. Mm-hmm. Just reached out, and a lot of them got back to us. Uh-huh. And thankfully, myself and Jessica were able to go to at least two to three schools a day, depending yeah. on the area that it's they were in. Yeah. yeah. And we provided a free workshop to certain groups. We could mm-hmm. have only up to 30 students. Okay. Um, because it just works better to facilitate that workshop yeah. with that group of people. And some were on Zoom just because of COVID as well. Mm-hmm. Most of them were done in person, which was great to actually mm-hmm. get into the schools. Um, there was a lot of feedback where we got some people that came for one-on-one support from us going out, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with Stand Up, we spoke around gender orientation, gave some literally knowledge for mm. the young people around it. We opened up a space for them to ask a lot of questions. Mm. We spoke about um, how to be an ally yeah. as well with certain young people. 
and it was actually just a space where they could ask any questions they wanted. We got quite a lot at the end. Yeah, um, it seems like such a great thing. I mean, I would have loved that when oh, I was yeah. in school, to be honest. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's like awareness around LGBT stuff or gender orientation. Yeah. Uh, and bu- bullying is kind of part of it too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we bring in bullying and yeah. we bring in just how to just basically be an ally that if you see bullying as well, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Um, and the awareness bit is like to combat bullying because knowledge is knowledge is power. power. Yeah. Yeah, you said it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. I don't know. Is there anything else that you'd like to chat about or let people know? You've covered a lot, really. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of not that I can think of at the moment. We're quite busy with a lot of workshops going out to a lot of youth reaches at the moment, okay. and that they can vary between gender orientation and the sexual health piece as well that we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, other than that it's just running the groups as well so if anyone wants to join any of our groups just yeah. contact us hit us up yeah. Um, yeah and it's interesting and important actually that you said the bit where it's you know your work or both of us kind of work in the gender and orientation yeah. part of the G-O-S-H-H but um, the sexual health piece as well that uh, it's different work but of course there's overlap as well yes of course yeah it's cool yeah. I like it Yeah, especially um, with certain youth groups they might ask us to do a bit of both yeah. So the sexual health part is new to myself and Jessica's role. As I said, we more or less do the same work. Yeah. Um. So it's quite new for us, but it's a nice journey that we're going on, and I know I'm enjoying it to have yeah. that different side of it as well. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, and I like it here because it is varied, and like you said, the young people ask for it, the groups yeah. ask for it. So, um, it's coming straight from them. Yeah, it's cool yeah. that we can deliver on that as well. Uh, because there's a big loud truck in the background. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and because you covered everything lovely, uh, we'll probably leave it there. Perfect, thank you. Thank you very much. So now we have a new segment to our podcast, which is basically just called Gosh, as in G O S H H. And we thought this would be a nice idea to just give folks a few little facts, little tidbits, and takeaways. Um, yeah, about each of the sections of our work. So for this um, episode, we um, are going to start with gender. And um, just to say that your gender is different from your sex. Um, sex being the medical term, this is what we uh, are typically assigned at birth. Um, and gender is a different thing. It's who you are and know yourself to be. Then for orientation, um, Basically, that's going to be the same fact as our main topic of today, uh, where we're talking about romantic and sexual orientation and how they are different things. Um, With regards to sexual health, um, just to inform you guys that there is a new website called sh24.ie, or Sexual Health 24, um, and this is a free service where you can do STI tests from your home um, in discrete packaging, um, order yours online now and yeah it's really accessible and easy to do and then finally um, the H for HIV um, just to remind people because we can't get this message out enough it was spoken about in our last episode when I interviewed Anne um, but U equals U is a campaign around HIV and folks that live with HIV and if you are on uh, your medication and you're taking it regularly of course uh, you 
can have a viral load that's undetectable and you cannot pass it on to your sexual partners. Thank you. Thank you. our conversation for today yeah mm-hmm. um around asexuality and aromanticism but um thank you all again for tuning in and we will chat to you on the next podcast bye everyone bye, bye.